Hello and welcome to the That's So Region podcast. I am your host, Dan Reardon, night editor of the Times in Northwest Indiana. And with me this week is... Laura Lane, the digital news director here, who is counting down the minutes until my vacation begins. (laughs) (laughs) And also with us, as always... Joseph Spooktacular Pete. <laughs> get in the holiday mood. Freshly <laughs> Sorry about it. it's been a couple. It was partly my fault because I was on a journalism fellowship in Canada and uh, yeah. And then yeah. we just got lazy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got life happens yeah. and uh, we got. So, I got some grief this weekend. A couple people are like, "Are you guys still doing that podcast?" <laughs> like, well, that's good to know. <laughs> the band's back together, the band's guys. Back together. <laughs> and let's do a little. First of all, before we get into the topics, I should do a little house uh, housekeeping issues. So, uh, if you've been a, 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 a that's a region fan from uh, as the kids say Jump Street. You've noticed before that it was cool. Before it was cool, <laughs> sort of Radiohead pre uh, the Benz. Um, <laughs> y- y- you'll you'll remember that you know it started out with uh, Joseph's always been here. We had Matt Schubert, who's now in Denver, Carrie Erickson, Krista, due to some promotions. Uh, Carrie will not be joining us regularly. We do have a retirement, a farewell show for her. She's not going anywhere. She's staying with the Times, but. This from the pretty podcast. Much, the, 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 from, with the podcast. So this will pretty much be your sort of standard lineup going forward, whether you hate it or not. Um, that, that's more for myself. Just lie to me and tell me you love it. Just, yeah. <laughs> so um, Laura and, and Joseph, you don't have to worry about, but if you find my voice grading, which I do, I apologize. <laughs> You'll just have to get used to it. Moving on. Um, we've I was thinking gone- of making the time skeleton, a plastic skeleton in our center table, a regular panelist. He but has he's some a man insightful of, quips. He's a yeah. man of few yeah. words. He is a man of few words. He's like the quiet man. He sits uh, right next to me now. I hear him all the time. Uh, the, it, uh, the, the skeleton and Laura have a real Sam and Diane thing going on. <laughs> uh, will they or won't they? Um, but uh, we've been gone for a few weeks. A lot of news. A lot of huge stories have passed, but... Uh, None any bigger than this uh, potential uh, development at the former Star Plaza site. Joseph, uh, we jokingly in the newsroom use the phrase game changer a lot. But uh, this may actually be uh, something that actually rises to the the phrase of game changer. Can you explain to the audience what we're talking about? Yes, uh, they've torn down the Radisson at Star Plaza, which used to kind of be a central meeting room for the region, particularly for business stuff and weddings. World's biggest puzzle trying to make your way through those halls. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And then um, I actually miss it kind of, too. They had all the like they had the um, all the local photos of like Chicago history and they had all the musical stuff, like the tributes to Duke Ellington and all those bronze plaques and stuff like that. And it was kind of a fun building to explore. I went to the writers' conference and some different stuff there. But they tore that down. They tore down the Star Plaza Theater. And they're going to tear down the Twin Towers, which are not anywhere near as tall as the New York Twin Towers. But they are the gold uh, towers that tower over Maryville's suburban landscape. Um, and anyway, so White Lodging is planning this big redevelopment project. Part of it hinges on there being like the convention center that they've talked about building being there, but they're looking at doing five separate hotels, um, including a bed and breakfast. It's this big mixed use development they're calling the the farm at at Common Crossing. And it's uh, five hotels. It is a brewery slash distillery. They're talking about like an art gallery, a greenhouse, a welcome center to Northwest Indiana. Um, there'd be kind of, they like to call it, it's basically an underground parking garage, but they like to call it like a below grade deck, but they're looking to basically build on the entire site. Um, people, townhouses, condos. Right? Oh yeah, townhouses, condos, a horse arena. That's one of the odder things. Uh, like a 30,000 square foot horse riding arena. 
and um, it almost sounds like maybe someone's kid had it like you know like th- that one. It's like, all right, we've got, we've what do we got here? What are we, what is this missing? Horses, all right. I know, horses. Me loves right. That. Yeah. that could be a cool attraction though. Oh I yeah, mean, it's it huge. would probably be. If if you could just go if it's like ice skating you can just go in and rent a horse for like an hour I'm sure people would be thrilled to to but try this that. This is out. an ambitious ambitious project. Yes, they're talking. It's about a third of a billion dollars. They're talking like three hundred sixty plus million. But the thing is, they're looking at like significant funding from the state, right. from Lake County, and from uh, uh, Lake County and from Maryville, including the um, food and beverage tax of like one percent. They're looking for like up to 130 million in incentives. They would put up obviously a lot of capital, but they're saying that you know if they don't get this, like a convention center where it'd be like 80,000 square feet to hold meetings, it wouldn't be as sustainable. And at that point, they'd only build like a couple hotels and leave the rest as like green space. So that's kind of uh, politically, it's hard to say whether it'll happen or not. You right. know, because the food and beverage could be potentially unpopular, even though it's a, like a penny. People generally don't like, you know, new taxes and that kind of thing. Right. Um, but they are, they're trying to do something that would have dramatic impact. A lot of the Maryville people were saying game changer, that this could potentially, you know, uh, centerpiece for the region. You'd still serve some of the purpose that the Radisson Star Plaza did, where you'd have all these conferences and conventions. Or, but you'd have local business meetings, but then you could bring in more conferences and conventions and out-of-town visitors. Right. And it would kind of be like a focal point. And they're looking at doing like a lot of green space, and there'd be like an outdoor lawn where they could maybe do Northwest Indiana Symphony concerts. There'd be like an artist in residence and like a studio. The greenhouse but, sounds gr- really gr- cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and the thing too is it, it would remain at the same site, so it's centrally located. It's off of major thoroughfares. I mean, on the on the face of it, to me, I don't know about you, Laura. It seems, it makes sense. I understand the sort of the tax implications and people sort of balk at that sort of thing, but. That's how business is done now. That's how arenas get built in big cities. It's you know it's it's a little bit of or in this case a lot of private investment and a, and a, and a lot of public investment yeah, as well. I mean, I live kitty corner from the amphitheater in Tinley Park, and that's a huge revenue traffic bringer for the community itself. It's huge if Maryville gets this. I mean, Joseph. I mean, I mean, we, we the the number we we've been throwing out is three hundred fifty six million for for this development. I mean. You're, you're, you you are our, our, our top business reporter. Do you think, if you had to handicap this, where do you think this stands right now? Oh, um, well, it's hard it's to early. say. It's I, very early. I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not usually involved. I don't cover, like, Lake County government. So that's where I, that would be my, like, I'm not sure. Uh, that would seem to me to be the biggest. Maryville's very enthusiastic. I talked to most of their council about mm-hmm. it. That shouldn't be any issue as far as getting incentives from them. The state generally tends to back private investment like right. this. The White family has historically been big donors, too, to... Um, particularly like Republican politicians. So it, it would seem it's a state. The question politically, I'm not, I'm not an expert on politics. I don't really cover it. But Lake County and Lake County Council would seem to be where there might they might face the greatest kind of resistance or headwinds potentially. But, th- I mean, this would be a fairly significant project. It would, you know, bring in a lot of the Lake County um, or the uh, South Shore Convention Visitors Authority is excited about the prospect of, like, bringing in, uh, you know, or being able to like you know bring in conferences and conventions and that kind right. of thing we're bringing in. Can you imagine how many jobs this would bring to? Well, and union jobs. They're, they're, yeah. they're talking about union jobs too, which could be a big you know incentive for especially your Democratic uh, lawmakers, both county and, for and sure. wide. I, mean, I I think they said a thousand jobs too permanent. Uh, some of them would be like you know restaurant jobs that right. kind of thing. 
But I mean, it would in a hotel, you know. Yeah, job's a job. Yeah, I mean, job's a job. It's huge, yeah. yeah. And then the part of their sell is that you know, if you're bringing in all these visitors from out of town, then you have a lot more people paying into hotel taxes, restaurant taxes, right. supporting local businesses. Like a lot of the businesses around there, like Catch Twenty Two, recently reopened in a strip mall, but they were pretty dependent on like you know concert traffic coming in for the Star Plaza. And the thought is this here, you know, you're going to get a lot more business, a lot more traffic too, but more you know, business and people spending money in Maryville. It's the type of project that would have potentially like, you know, a big economic ripple effect. The people coming into uh, here would be spending money at all kinds of other local businesses and it would help uh, make up for the loss that we've had since we no longer have the Star Plaza. Yeah. And I think uh, on a side note, I think my favorite part, we had the main story that ran uh, last week and then Joseph's follow-up, um, Sean Pettit, the... Uh, uh, town council member from Maryville, uh, I think he had a comment, something to the effect of, he called it a home run, which he said if the Cubs would have uh, <laughs> hit a few more of those, they would have still been in the playoffs. So That was uh, fresh off of their... Yeah, it was uh, fresh <laughs> off of their, their exit from the playoffs, but... Uh, as a White Sox fan, meh. Yeah. <laughs> as, a, yeah as a White Sox fan... I wish him quote, well. Yeah, <laughs> a, I wish him well, but as a White Sox fan, to quote Corey Lewandowski, wah, wah. <laughs> um, so, you know, this, this is, uh, you know, obviously this could be a, this could be big for uh, Northwest Indiana. And uh, any, any attention is always, well, they say any attention is good attention. Uh, we'll test that with this next story here. Um, a movie is coming out. I saw the trailer for it uh, this week when I was going to see a different movie. Uh, it's called The Mule, starring... Uh, 1,000-year-old Clint Eastwood. <laughs> uh, who's he doesn't a, look a day over 974. No, he, I mean, I'll, I'll, granted, he's still prolific. but um, uh, So he's starring as uh, a uh, Michigan City native, Leo Sharp. And when this story first broke, this was national news. It obviously was a big story around here. Uh, guy was a florist in Michigan City, and uh, he also... Uh, part-time as a uh, drug mule for Mexican drug cartels. He was pulled over um, back in 2011 with uh, 200 pounds of coke uh, in his vehicle uh, on Interstate 94 in Michigan, just west of Detroit. Um, crazy story, the guy was a former florist, uh, won the Bronze Star in World War, or earned the Bronze Star in World War II, and uh, now they're making a movie about him with uh, Clint Eastwood starring Joseph, you did a little story on this. Uh, prime the pump for us. What uh, what what should people look forward to with this? Yeah. Oh wait, I just wanted to side note. I noticed you like corrected yourself on the Bronze Star thing. You could say one with that. The only one is the Purple Heart. You don't yeah, want to say yeah. somebody won the Purple Heart. Right. It's not, it's, it's not <laughs> like a cra- it's not a Cracker Jack prize. <laughs> that one is not. A, you, you earn that. Most you people would rather it. not be shot. Than right. <laughs> yes, I won. Yeah. Uh, yeah I that was the copy editor in me. Oh you, sure. You, you typically try to avoid one when it comes to uh, military. No, that's that's fair. That's fair. But, but I, as a veteran, I just want to say yeah, it's no. not that big a deal. I got the veteran pass from Joseph. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I appreciate you being punctilious or whatever, but <laughs> the uh, yeah no this is uh, this guy was actually a very interesting character. I'm hoping to delve more deeply in him. He was a pretty well known florist in Michigan City, and he made a big splash in the botanical world long before this ever happened. He was known for like um, for crossbreeding all these daylilies to the point where he was supplying flowers to the rose garden during the um, the Bush uh, Jr. administration. Like, he was, uh, so he, he was, like, very prominent in his field. And then he apparently had gone down to Mexico for labor 
to um, help find workers for because he had a large like uh, farm facility outside of uh, you know Michigan City and he was looking for labor and somehow he became um, entangled with El Chapo's people and ended up being uh, allegedly El Chapo's top drug runner. He uh, supposedly transported more than 1,400 tons of cocaine, I think, from uh, Mexico to the Detroit uh, border. Which is a lot of cocaine. That's a significant <laughs> amount of, yeah. I don't do drugs, so I don't know, like, but the... Uh, little vitamin food packets that come with the flowers, I need to be checking those. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Actually, yeah. that would be a decent. Uh, <laughs> it's like, boy, these flowers are growing like crazy, and they're up all night. They're just raving on my kitchen counter right now. I don't know what's well, why, why did these flowers join a hedge fund? They're, <laughs> they're talking about uh, they're in the they're, nightclub, <laughs> and they're listening to really obnoxious music. They keep quoting Scarface like all the time. <laughs> I think I saw these flowers. I thought in I just bought sunflowers, guys. <laughs> just, these flowers keep telling us about this great business idea that they're. <laughs> At four o'clock in the morning, um, but uh, yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, I mean this this guy. I mean, outside of this is an odd thing to say. Outside of the muling cocaine, this guy already had a pretty interesting life. And then you factor in, you know, the muling of cocaine. He was known as uh, Tata to the uh, a lot of the uh, drug guys down there, which is uh, Spanish for for. Like, I believe gr- it's dad. Gr- dad. They, they called him old man too. Yeah. So you know, abuelo or whatever, grandfather. Um, I I had a chance to see the trailer. Have you guys had a chance to look at it? It looks really I really haven't. good. Haven't no, I need to watch it though. Um, it's it kind of uh, and I think you may mention this, Joseph. It kind of has a bit of a, a former uh, uh, Eastwood movie, Gran Torino. It's kind of aesthetically, it seems sort of the same. It did remind me of that, like the old man filled with regrets. It kind of ever since Unforgiven, he's kind of had this like particular that kind of strain of like melancholy. Like looking right. back and reflecting on everything and whether right much in the oh. same way like uh, Jack Nicholson just plays Jack Nicholson in movies. <laughs> Clint Eastwood sort of plays the same sort of guy, and it, it, maybe the reason why that it's sort of a similar aesthetic. The screenwriter is also the guy who wrote Gran Torino as well. But uh, I um, have bone to pick with the screenwriter though. Oh, it, it is. It's got a very pensive. It seems very tense and pensive. Yeah. It alternately. And it has this great voiceover by Eastwood, and it looked pretty impressive. It's gotten really favorable results. But this screenwriter did, like, he contributed to the movie The Judge. With, it was a Robert Downey Jr. vehicle with uh, Robert Duvall. It was Billy a pretty Bob good, Thornton, maybe? Was he in there? Yeah, Billy Bob Thornton yeah. was in it. It was yeah. a pretty good movie, actually. It was a good drama, the kind they don't make as much anymore. Um, it wasn't, I, I think it was, it was sort of like an indie film, but I don't think it was actually like indie. But uh, anyway, he... Um, he it features both Gary Billy Bob's Thornton's character and it but it just seemed was supposedly like a deputy prosecutor from Gary and then Robert Downey Jr. beat him in this case and he held it this grudge against him but it seemed to like where he was just randomly picking stuff from Indiana off of a map without really being familiar with it sure the way he like wrote about Gary and then also uh, this bumbling character played by Dak Shepard who's like. This idiot attorney who's uh, uh, he gets most of his money from like working at an antique store and is incompetent at the law. He's portrayed as having gone to like Valparaiso University School of Law and portrayed right. as this like bumbling imbecile because he went to like a third rate law school like Valpo. And I don't it may not have like the best reputation, but I think Valpo laws. Right, it's, it's not, not like as bad as they. Yeah, yeah, it's not like it's a law school. Right, it's, it's, it's a certified law school in the United States. It's not like you went to law school in Granada or something exactly. Like that, yeah, you know? they made it seem like it's like some roadside shack where it's like, oh, the 
school of law and taxidermy or something. Like, well, and, well <laughs> I, I think that's hard, especially because I think, especially in Northwest Indiana and in Chicago, even too, we have sort of an inferiority complex because not a. T- I mean, there's some more and more and more often now, but when movies are made here or, or depicted here, I always tend to find that I'm extra critical towards those. Like, for example, the show Shameless. Oh, which yeah. is yeah. Uh, allegedly filmed in Canaryville, which were, is where I live. <laughs> it, it drives me nuts because, like, you can tell when they film in L.A. because the street signs are blue instead of green. Or, like, there's an L running through. There's no L that runs through Canaryville. So, mm. like, things like that just drive me nuts. So I find it hard to sort of enjoy these sort of movies, even though it's supposed to, like, create some sort of civic pride because they're being allegedly filmed or shot here. But all I do is just sort of nitpick the entire time, so I can sort of <laughs> I can sort of feel your your pain on that. I will say that it, you know it's got Clint Eastwood, it's got a, a, a known screenwriter, and the release date December fourteenth tells me that they also might think this has sort of Oscar considerations, maybe because that's typically around the time they that they release yeah. these sort yeah, of that's things. A good point. So, you know... Um, it also, though, has morphed into the time of year where people go to, like, more serious films, though. Yes. Because, like, the summer... Generally, like, December, January... or I mean, sorry, not December, but, like, the early... Uh, January through spring is where they dump, like, the worst movies that, you know... Because fewer people are just going to the movies then. Right. But then the summer is dominated by all, like, the superhero movies and the blockbusters. And they're trying to appeal to just, like, such a broad audience that everything's, like, PG-13. But they're aiming more at, like, teens through most of the year. And I feel that November and December are now, like, adult season for movies. Yeah. Yeah, As far as Born came out, the first man is coming out uh, today, Friday, October 12th. I was thinking about this though with, with this with this Clint Eastwood movie. Um, if you could think of another story that's sort of been born out of the region for them to make into a Hollywood film, what do you think? I was thinking, you know, the last time we chatted, we had the Monon Bridge Bandit. Yeah. I thought that could that could make sort of a <laughs> sort of a good film. Uh, the we, Bodybuilder too. That could be a fun yeah, like, summer blockbuster. Ex- yeah, sort of like uh, yeah, sort of. Yeah, uh, Michael Bay. The Michael Bay. Bay. Explosions would be great. That's right. I, I remember I had a friend who uh, uh, basically thought a movie was as good by the amount of explosions that were in it. So, uh, and I think a lot of your, your casual viewers are like that. A lot of grift, a lot of public corruption could make... Uh, oh, yeah. You, you could know. easily... Well, you could do a spooky movie about Diana of the Dunes or something like that. <laughs> they obviously already did the, um, the Dillinger movie, which is probably... You know, but then... Um, I think Judge Ebert or Judge uh, or Ebert Gary would potentially be like really good. You could do like a Citizen Kane kind of yeah. like <laughs> like movie like about building the empire. Or, like there will be blood. Something get Paul Thomas Anderson in here. Do something like that. Or you could do a similar. I could easily see like those period pieces like recently with like Bradley Cooper and those people. You could easily do one with like Pasteric or like like the corruption yeah. in EC or that type of thing. Yeah, that's like, exactly. Do a cartoon version with uh, Sesame Street trying to find a new home after Star Plaza. <laughs> <laughs> homeless homeless Bert and Ernie. Uh, the one I was thinking about, uh, sort of a, a, a navel-gazing sort of inward look, is maybe a spotlight-type movie with Joseph Pete breaking the Strack and Van Til news. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, you know, the I always like to joke about the Steel Parade. Uh, like, the, yeah, they'll make a spotlight for about the Steel Parade. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, go around the room because I know we, we, so who, who, who do we think would play Joseph I'm thinking oh uh, no this is a terrible idea you know <laughs> I'm, I was, uh, maybe a John C. Riley. We, we, yeah we, John C. Riley. Yeah. Yeah. he could even sing for you, you know. I'm all for this um, and maybe for Laura we have uh, maybe maybe Rachel McAdams reprising her I'm sort of role I'm all for that yes. and then uh, for me let's just do something CGI there's no there, <laughs> there's no one in Hollywood who looks this terrible so we don't want to 
Um, Jim Gaffigan, maybe. Jim Gaffigan, yeah. yeah. Pa- pasty, balding, overweight. Uh, I can handle that. Um, one story I don't think they'll be making into a feature film is That's Not My Hat, the story of the... Uh, that was an excellent segue, by the, the way. The You're achieving Schubertian levels of segue. No. The, uh, this story is great because it's got a couple things. First of all, so basically, uh, one of the two people that were recently arrested for this string of copper wire thefts which was another huge story that we didn't even get a chance to talk about today. Um, we'll do it next week. It kind of yeah. yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll do some back. It's it's ruined. It's ruined. Uh, it ruined a couple Friday nights for local football teams. I mean, still some, shaking my fist. Oh, I know. It's it's it's, it's uh, yeah. Cause it, it it put a, a wrench in our works coverage wise. But uh, one of the two guys who was arrested is facing new charges. Um, after uh, police alleged and always allegedly three underlines. Uh, found uh, cocaine. I don't know if this is cocaine muled by Leo Sharp or not. Got it in um, flour vitamin packets, man. But uh, uh, during an unrelated jail booking, they found coke under the hat he was wearing, and his excuse was, "That is not my hat." Um, in terms of uh, excuses, this isn't my car. Um, that's not my gun. Uh, all that have some sort of plausible deniability. That's not, not my, my hat. Kid. That's not my yeah. kid. Um, there was a mad haberdasher just running around <laughs> putting hats on people. You just wouldn't believe the. <laughs> uh, how great uh, if we had to rank? If we had to create a power rankings of of, of criminal excuses, <laughs> where would that's not my hat rank? Do you think among 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 those, Joseph? Uh, this guy is pretty ingenious and quick thinking. He clearly, uh, but allegedly though, although I don't know, we were kind of discussing this and joking about this in the news room allegedly he's been arrested a bunch of times and so he's used to like this but maybe his thought was he put the cocaine up there like really quickly and then he was used to being like patted and frisked or something and knew they right. were to check under his hat so yeah. maybe it's not like as ridiculous as it seems like maybe he kind of had a plan uh, I feel like the, as a cop, I would think to check under the hat. Yeah. <laughs> but it yeah. just seems like, though, like, why would you leave it on your person? Why wouldn't you just, like, put it under the car seat or something and then say, oh, well, my friend borrowed my car? Because that right. was one I've seen a lot in crime, doing crime yeah. reporting. I've seen stuff like that. And at least in that case, like, maybe if you have a good attorney, maybe they could argue, get, you know, get that seat of doubt in front of a jury. Maybe you get off or get, like, some leniency or whatever. Like, but I don't understand why you would, like, put it <laughs> under the brim of your hat. <laughs> and then leave it just the seems like on. a terrible a terrible hiding place. Well, and Joseph, you're exactly right, because we have attorneys so who will go nameless, but you see their names in, in, in the pages of the Times who have made quite a great living getting such characters off. <laughs> um, I know for myself, without naming names, I've created a short list of, of region attorneys who I will be calling should I ever run afoul of the law. Should you if ever you're find po- yourself in a situation where that's not if, right? If, if you get into politics, Scott Kings really seems to be the... He's now representing Cheryl, Cheryl Pruitt, the former Gary superintendent. He see, it seems like every time there's a politician who gets in trouble, they go to Scott King. Yeah, he's like, he's like the F. Lee Bailey of disgrace uh, <laughs> uh, politician lawyers um but yeah uh that that's not my head uh one of the one of the great uh lines i've seen in a very long time and but sort of doubling back so he's also accused of of this copper wire theft um this like i said caused a real wrench in a lot of friday night football games did we think we would ever catch these guys because it seemed like they were sort of one step ahead of the law for the longest time yeah, it kept happening. They can never yeah, catch up like with these guys. Yeah, they're getting guys. more brazen. I mean, you know, 
Go ahead, Joseph. Oh, no, I just allegedly they made it easier to steal the copper th- uh, wire now with the power lines or whatever because it's easier to, like, once you pull them, it'll keep coming now or whatever with the way they redesigned it. But we've seen a lot of this, like, scrapping in the region. Yeah. It's a time-honored tradition. You had people steal, like, the live... Dive. The bridge Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. someone stole the bridge. They've stolen um, live power lines in Broadway in downtown Gary before. Like, it's right. this is a pretty... Um, because I, I, the metal prices fluctuate, but we obviously are a big metals area, and you have a lot of like metals processing here, so I guess it creates the, the opportunity for some of this. Uh, it, it makes it easy to unload some of this stuff. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, 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 you know, we do have places that are more than willing to uh, purchase. Look the other way. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, they're maybe not doing their due diligence. Uh, once again, <laughs> those places will really remain nameless, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, so, that's how they catch. That's how they catch them a lot of the times, though. It's uh, it's never a good idea to commit any crimes, but this is a particularly uh, short-sighted one because a lot of the times, I don't know much here, but if you once you sell it locally to the junkyard, the police know that that's where you're going to sell it. That's right. the, you know, so they work with a lot of them, and they usually a lot of the times they'll get you know they'll catch people because they'll just go around and ask they'll they'll you know if they have to subpoena like all these junkyard operators it's the same like it's really stupid to steal a credit card because they're going to get you at the security footage at the gas station or target or wherever you try to spend it you're you're going to get caught like it's just you know it's just very (laughs) short-sighted right but these guys they had a wild ride so you know uh god bless them and i'm sure that they'll be able to tell these tales in lake county jail for (laughs) many years maybe the michigan city prison even (laughs) yeah exactly let's see if they yeah if they graduate for their sabbatical um so that's it for our topics this week. Uh, let's segue on over to uh, picks and uh, suggestions. Laura, what do you got for us this week? All right, I got a little something for everyone. We have the Munster Ale Fest happening October 13th from 1 to 4.30 in Centennial Park. I mean, anything to do with beer, I'm there. I love a good beer. Give me a porter. I'm happy. But if you're also a wine fan, like I am too, Cabernet, <laughs> you can head to the Bacchus Festival in uh New Buffalo, Michigan, on October 12th um, tonight from 7.30 to 10 p.m. Um, you can sample wines from all over the globe. Delish. And because anything to do with pets and animals I'm a fan of, we have the Paws book sale happening October 17th through the 21st in Highland. So buy some books for puppies and kitties. Joseph, what do you got for us? Chapter one. I was, sorry. <laughs> At the beginning of time, no, it was uh, Grindhouse. It was Grindhouse. Yeah, we'll just throw out obligatory. Grindhouse questioned whether our thing went. Um, I wrote about their nihilist, uh, nihilist Grindhouse take on the Arby's roast beef sandwich. That is pretty good if you're going to eat there. But uh, that's the obligatory plug for them. And no, I do not have any. I just have a coffee card. I get right. You know, he does, yeah, there's, so there's, there's no, there's no kickbacks. Or I just like I'm that. a big fan of coffee shops, and I happen to live closest to that one. That's. A fluid, all the other the sip, all the other ones are great too. But yeah. uh, the, there's that Dutch one now in Lansing. I recommend them all. But um, also, so okay, the Gary, the Decay Devils this weekend from 1 p.m. to uh, 6 p.m. I believe on Saturday, uh, which is the 13th, the 13th. They are having a downtown art walk and a um, celebration of Union Station. They helped uh, re- kind of renovate Union Station last year. They cleaned it up. They covered it with murals. There's this separate project called Paint Gary where this mil- artist in Miller is bringing in all these graffiti artists both locally and nationally, and they're coming in. Some pretty big names, too. They've exhibited in like Los Angeles and places, and they're painting these really bright, huge 
murals all over abandoned buildings on Gary. If you haven't been downtown in a while, it looks pretty impressive. There's a lot to see. They're going to be handing out maps there um, so people can walk around and do kind of self-guided tours. There's also going to be DJs, um, food trucks, music. Uh, they're going to have kids activities. They're going to they're trying to get more people to look at the you know the union, the architecture of the Union Station and then also check out all this new art downtown. Then also in Gary, it is the Gary International Film Festival this weekend. Google it. They have a lot of different. Um, it's uh, they have events like uh, they have people like David Hogg will come in. They have panel. Most of it's panels. They have all kinds of people um, who have been in the news recently or in leadership in various capacities. They talk about everything from food to current events to like big ideas. Um, some of the more prominent stuff might be sold out at this point, but they have events pretty much weekly, different venues throughout the the or downtown mainly, like the Harris Theater at uh, Millennium Park and uh, some of those, but it's worth checking out and seeing anything that strikes your fancy. It's very cool because they're all like really well produced like TED Talks. I just think of it as like Chicago TED Talks because it's like super slick. It's, 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 it's like the production values are just tremendous. And they generally do a good variety of like sampling people from all like walks of life. And it's very, um, you know, just kind of talking about like big picture issues. Like I saw like a woman who was named her parents named her Amelia Earhart, and she ended up inspired by that, flying around the world, you know. Oh, but wow. I've seen like astronauts and Hunter S. Thompson's secretary dished all this dirt about his copious like drug and alcohol consumption, and you know they just have some very interesting people uh, there. I just recommend going to something, and hopefully, because it's panel stuff, so usually nobody's nobody will talk for more than like 10, 15 minutes, and they'll go to somebody else. So um, I guess that'll be it for my recommendations this week. If I had a Chicago TED Talk, mine would be called The World is a Front Room. Uh, <laughs> I've got two things real quick. Um, the Matt Schubert Memorial Netflix pick. Uh, season two of Big Mouth is out with uh, Chicago native John Mulaney and Northwestern grad Nick Kroll voicing the characters of uh, little adolescent kids. It's, it's, it's a cartoon. It's hilarious. And then I'm a big proponent of the idea if you're not growing uh, then you're, you, as a person, then you're sort of uh, dying. I low-key low, low uh, secret about me. I am terrified of owls, um, so I would be inclined to actually go to the festival of the owls, which is tomorrow, October thirteenth, at the Humane uh, Indiana Wildlife over in Valpo. Uh, it's a full-day event uh, filled with creepy, disgusting owls. Um, but uh, if you're into that sort of thing, Tomato Bar is providing food. It's actually it sounds pretty cool, but I. I'm a big fan of confronting your fear, so I may hit up the Festival of the Owls uh, tomorrow, Would October 13th. Would you let 13th. an owl sit on your shoulder? I wouldn't let an owl within 15 feet of me. <laughs> I, I actually read a story when I first started here that, about owls, and they terrify me for some reason. So 
they just never their eyes never stop darting there's something wrong they're like a criminal in that <laughs> yeah they're nocturnal they're antisocial maybe it's so maybe it's because I'm much like myself an owl nocturnal antisocial <laughs> constantly darting around that I just I, I have too much alike but I think uh, they're some of the most efficient predators too they are <laughs> oh they're they're kill, owls are killing machines <laughs> um, but no it's it's a you know very cool event that gets you outdoors uh, one more thing too um, through October 27th over uh, in Valparaiso as well. Evil Dead the Musical. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, a... um, that's awesome. So, <laughs> it does uh, sound awesome. Um, so that'll be it. And we typically end every week with a phrase. It's something like maintain the little Calumet area. Or uh, the River Basin or something. something like that. I don't recall exactly how it goes. It might be something along the lines of uh, that. Keep it region. See you.